stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! The Formula 1 season is over, and the two biggest takeaways, finger wags and logos. Of course. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 114 of Motorsport 101. I'm a friendly neighbour, as Mr. Andre Harrison. And uh, we can rejoice, gentlemen. The Formula 1 season is over! It's over! <laughs> yes! <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this what it's like when, when, when Germany surrendered? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what it felt like, given you know spark plugs and whatnot. But it's it's like I've never had such a great feeling of relief. I can stop shit posting now. It's fantastic. That's my gimmick. <laughs> to to be fair, if you see my tweets during Formula One this season, I mean, have you like, seen my tweets during Formula One season, especially as it's wound down? Good point. Good point. You you, you win this round, but. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we better get the introductions out of the way. Hello, Mr. RJ O'Connell. Howdy, everybody. Uh, we're we're it's it's the winter. Racing season is over mostly, and then you remember that the Hong Kong E Prix is next week. Your your summer-ish racing season is over. <laughs> you can you can now do you can now uh, catch up on naps and uh, we, we, not we, wake we, up we, at we, seven in the morning to watch Formula One. We can go outside and stuff. You know, <laughs> go outside. Going outside. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. We, we can go outside. We can do things. We can interact with other humans, not via the internet. You know. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That. Or you could need, or you can bring your Nintendo Switch outside, play some Super Mario Odyssey, and match up in some Splatoon Two with your buddies. I need to get. I need to get around to that. Yeah. I'm have to. I'm have to treat myself to that. I have to treat myself for Christmas. I, I might have like all three current gen consoles by the end of the year. That's that's gluttony right there at that at, at this point. But also in the corner, fresh off uh, another ridiculous Pittsburgh upset victory, it's Mr. Ryan King. Hello, sir. Shock the world. <laughs> what is it with Pittsburgh and this just like knack of ridiculous upset victories? No, don't 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 worry about it, guys. Uh, I've. I have full faith that somehow, some way, the youth, like Clemson, will win the national championship despite having one loss in their season, which happens to be against the University of Pittsburgh. The road to the college football national championship that is laced with loads of Dr. Pepper cups and uh, hastily burned Tennessee merchandise in the wake of some um, aborted coaching hires. Uh, yeah, it runs through Pittsburgh. It, it runs through losing to a below 500 pit team. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> because, of course, that, that, that's how we do things around here. <laughs> speaking, of, like, speaking of upsets, can England cricket team get their shit together, please? After nah, that, losing that ain't the- happening. That ain't happening. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's probably not. No, no, no. no. Like, like well, I believe in comebacks, but not miracles. But, uh, hey, that's how we do things around here, I suppose. Right, 
let's get let's get the pleasantries out of the way. Places you can find us: motorsport101.net. Stay tuned on there very soon. Dre's annual team review series is going to be coming up later this week. Uh, my favourite part of the year, quite frankly, is I can I can pour scorn on your favourite F1 team and then get told in the comments that I'm a Sebastian Vettel lover. That never happens. Never. Not in a million years. Other places you can find us are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. More content coming up there soon. I've got to order myself a new Elgato because I have some games to play. Fun times. Um, also on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We are on Twitter. It's uh, Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. And uh, whew, uh, personally on Twitter we are at harrison101hd, uh, at RJ O'Connell, and at Ryan Eric King. Fun times. And if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Hey, we put up last week's shows for a dollar because it feels Thanksgiving and I was feeling generous. Aren't you lucky? But normally, $5 early access will get you uh, a day, at least a day early episodes of Motorsport 101 and Bike Live, which of course will be back later this week with our MotoGP season review. I can't wait for this. Me and Sudderby, two hours and probably the greatest MotoGP season ever. I can't wait for that. If you haven't already, listen to last week's episode, The Best of British as well, talking about the best of the British and World Superbike seasons. Some fun times. And I promise we talk for Jonathan, about Jonathan Ray for less than 20 minutes. Honest. Seriously. Sportsman of the Year candidate, Jonathan Ray. Yes, more on that in just a second. But, uh, but first, some funny music before keeping it 101. Alrighty then, keeping it one on for this week, and yes, like RJ kind of, kind of introed into that quite nicely, funnily enough. But yeah, I love this sort of thing. The BBC literally in about in the last two hours have published their final twelve nominees for the BBC Sports Personality of the Year, and my dreams were met. I've been pulling for this for some time, and I am delighted to say that Jonathan Ray is one of the final twelve. That is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we have, like for those of us that don't know, that is the first biker to be nominated in the final shortlist since James Toesland back in two thousand and seven. Um, so a decade without a biker in in, in the final ten, or in this case, final twelve. But uh, very very cool to see indeed. So the most. What's what's the over under on Jonathan Ray starting a band soon? Ooh, <laughs> I, I I would say like twelve months, and I would say take the under on that, like because uh, <laughs> like the, the James Tozen is a handsome devil who can play the piano. It's very it's very useful to have on the side <laughs> when he's not when he's not busy being the best thing about BT Sports Moto GP coverage. <laughs> But uh, for those guys that don't know, the full list of 12 I will give you now. We, um, we have Elise Christie representing short track speed skating. Sir Mo Farah, from, obviously from athletics and track and field. Chris Froome uh, from cycling. Lewis Hamilton make, makes another appearance in the final 12. 
Um, Anthony Joshua, who is the landslide favourite with the bookies, by the way. Anthony Joshua. Um, Harry Kane, for representing Tottenham Football Club, of course. Um, Joe Conta from tennis. Uh, Johnny Peacock from the world of Paralympic athletics. Uh, Adam Peaty, the world's most ridiculous breaststroke swimmer. <laughs> like, seriously, it's ridiculous. Uh, Jonathan Ray, of course, representing World Superbikes. Anya Shrubsall from the women's cricket team. And Bianca Walkden from Taekwondo. As the guy who did TK Day, T- uh, TKD for seven years, I'm fucking awesome to have Bianca in there as well. So that's the final 12. We'll find out who wins on Sunday, December the 17th. And, uh, King, we're going all in for Johnny Ray here, right? Joshua. What do you mean I don't know? <laughs> I don't know. And jo- like, I like favorites. <laughs> you like, like yeah. Like, if I had to, like, rank, like, the top three of who I, like, legitimately think is going to win this, it's going to be Anthony Joshua, Harry Kane, and then, honorable mention, uh, Joe Conta. Yeah, like I, 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 like I know a good friend of the show, Len, tweeted me saying that Joe Cod does a great outside bet, and I was like, yeah, that is a great outside bet because we Brits, like, like for me personally, from from an opinion standpoint, I think it's no contest. Chris Froome should win this, yeah. but <laughs> but but I've mentioned this before, and I will mention this again. We don't really give a shit about cycling in this country. We just we just we just pretend to. But low key. <laughs> British people love tennis way more than they think they do. Yes. Yeah, like, if there's one sport we overinflate, it's definitely tennis. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I totally see where you're coming from on that one. Um, so, and, the ir- and the irony is that you can't inflate a tennis ball, but you can <laughs> inflate a tire on a bicycle. Hey, let's see what you did there. Very clever. Um, for those guys that are interested in, you know, for, for Dre the Bookies guy here, Andy Joshua, one to five favorite. So, uh, yeah, the Bookies are even more balls deep on the AJ bandwagon here. Lewis Hamilton, six to one, second favorite. Chris Froome, 12s. You can get Mo Farah at 25 to one, which is a bit of a surprise. I was like, Mo Farah that far out? Okay. Yeah. Probably, no, probably a bit too dodgy. That. I can definitely yeah. see that. He's a bit dodgy, King, to say the least. I think, I think, I think you know, the days of Farrah winning this are long gone. Um, Jonathan Ray, 33 to 1. Like, he's in the upper half. I was like, okay, I'm here for this. All aboard the Johnny Way bandwagon. <laughs> Let's do this. Johnny Peacock, 40 to 1. Harry Kane, sorry, sorry, no, sorry, no. Johnny Peacock, 40 to 1. Harry Kane, 50 to 1. Adam Peaty, 66 to 1. Um, Anya Shrubsall 66 to 1, Bianca Walden 100, as is Elise Christie, and Joe Conter's 100 to 1? What? <laughs> like, that seems ridiculously long. Like, why? Like, we love tennis here. Like, that is, that is I, I a shock. I think it's because she didn't win. I think it's because she didn't win. We go in full Tim Henman King, like, was like <laughs> she, she, made, she made the semis, that'll do. <laughs> We, we, we'll get behind her. She made the semis. We're going full Tim Henman here because Andy Murray was hurt. Like, like damn I, it. I, I'm sorry. Two years ago, she was 150th in the world. Now she's fourth. Like, people. Oh, she's, she's a superstar. Like, yeah. Joe Cotton is amazing. Like, like again, I said, like as a, as an each way shout. If if any bookies are offering each way on this, take Joe Conter at 100 to one for God's sake. Don't be an idiot about this. Um, 
but yeah, like I completely agree with the masses. I think it's nailed on for Anthony Joshua. I think because the thing is, of us Brits, King, we love a good British boxer, especially if he's a heavyweight. <laughs> and Anthony Joshua ticks every box. It's like he's a, he's handsome. He knocked out Vladimir Klitschko. <laughs> you know, he's super popular. Everybody loves him. You know, it's like. He's that humble background athlete dude. Like, and again, he's a boxer, and we love a good boxer. So, yeah, which is strange because in America, it's like boxing? Question mark. Yes, it's is like... that the thing that Conor McGregor did once? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I, I'm surprised Lewis is a shorter six to one as well. But like, there's no way Lewis is winning it this year after the Paradise Papers came out. Like. I saw Lewis Hamilton I get think, the nomination I've, list. Yeah, I think yeah. he. I think pretty much like they had to nominate him after the Paradise Papers. Like now, it's like he's not gonna win. If the yeah, Paradise Papers like, did not come out, he would have won. He would have won. Yeah, like I, I, I tweeted. Like I saw tweets like like the, the announcement that he was part of the shortlist, and the first response on Twitter was. And I quote, and pardon my French here, tax dodging asshole. <laughs> this is not going to happen, people, because we Brits are really snooty about people not paying their tax. <laughs> Just saying. Like, he got enough shit for this two years ago when he went against Roy McElroy. Like, there's no way Lewis Hamilton is winning this year. Um, so, uh, for me, all the board, all the board, the Jonathan Ray wagon, yo. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Johnny Ray. Let's, like, please win the damn thing. Um, also, shout out was mentioned to the uh, overseas sports personality of the year. I'm a bit gutted that our boy Mark Marquez didn't make it in. I'm, I'm a bit gutted about that. Wow. The f- no, he didn't. The final six this year, right, for overseas sports personality of the year, Tom Brady, right? <laughs> but yeah, I was like, Brady, really? Um, okay. Like Brady, Roger Federer, who will probably win it because everyone yeah. in the Great Britain loves Roger. Katie Ledecky, I was like, oh, okay, Katie Ledecky got in, that's cool. Tatiana McFadden from the uh, Paralympic side of sport, cool to see. Sally Pearson on the comeback trail. And uh, RJ, your man's large adult son, <laughs> Michael <laughs> Van oh, Gerwen. Oh my god! <laughs> A darts I... man made it in! <laughs> Of all athletes, made onto athlete of the year. Okay, yep. I think I think the entire podcast is on board. He needs to win. <laughs> yes, Michael Van Gogh for he overseas. Does, he does not need any help winning. He, he, he can win. He can win this with blindfolded. He can win this yes. blindfolded. Yes. If it's, if it's like his profession. Also, <laughs> also, um, we did just get the news that. World Darts Championship is going to be on BBC America in the States. Yep. Oh, King, we, 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 we can shit post together with all this now. Yes, I have, <laughs> I have access to the World Darts Championship. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, my. Are you ready? Are you ready for large dads in moisture wicking polo shirts and ill fitting <laughs> khaki pants? Ready I, I, to strut that, out on stage like they're swooping in from the damn rafters like Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12. Hashtag two Americas. Repeat, <laughs> this is a two Americas situation right here. Dare I, dare I say, I, I, I think the world is ready. Dre and yes. friends watch. Dre and friends watch. The world yes. is ready. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because what else are we going to fill our off-season content with? Week by week analysis of the Hong Kong A-Prix. That would be silly. 
Oh, Jesus. I, I'm here for all of this, RJ. And, like, we, we just had the first round draw come out as well, like, in the last couple of hours. <laughs> That's, yep. so, yeah. so somebody in this fourth quarter is going to be the Shawn Michaels to Phil Taylor's Ric Flair. And I am here for this. <laughs> yes. Uh, Admittedly, some... I'm probably going to be like Chance the Rapper because I, I know the rules and I know the big names and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you. That's all you need to know, King. You, that is you just you just fall in love with the quirkiest dude from the first round of the playoffs and appreciate what they're there before they get inevitably railroaded by the overwhelming odds-on favorite. <laughs> that's what because, we do round here. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, if it was like last year's, you were. It, it's not like March Madness. You are not going to see a lot of upsets. No. But um, there is some fun names. Yes. Yeah, lots yeah, of fun names. Lots of fun names. Like, like RJ, I reckon King would be like a massive Mensa Sulevich fan. Like the headbutt after every major checkout would be is is, is, oh, is legendary. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm all about the uh, the slow build up, and then he just twirls the dart around for like 20 seconds, and then shuts it. It's great. There's some there's some fun first round matchups in there like Michael Van Gerwen against Christian Kiss. That's not going to be a walkover first round. Now Dave Chisnell versus Vincent Van der Voort in the opening round. That oh, could be that interesting. Is, oh, all the up tempo, all the oh, up tempo yeah. throwing. Yeah, there's there's some fun ones in there. Benito Van der Pass against Steve West in the opening round. Gary Anderson could get Jeff Smith in the opening round. The Canadian silencer that could be fun as well. There is some great first round matchups in there, but. World Darts Championship starts December 14th on Sky Sports, sponsored by William Hill, of course. Um, had to get that one in. <laughs> the, the, the final being on New Year's Day. Um, we have to watch this at some point. This is going to be just like pure shit hope, shit posting content to fill up the off season, and I'm here for all of it, quite frankly. Y'all, y'all, do we have enough time for me to talk about Nismo Festival this weekend? Yeah, go for it. Oh my god. I watched I watched pretty much the entirety of the Nismo Festival from Fuji Speedway. So think of it as like a a big celebration of Nissan of Nissan's uh motorsports activities. Um it was nice. a good time. So it starts off with a parade of 160 production cars. You got you got your GTRs and your Fair Lady Z's at the front, and then you've got like Nissan Micras nissan jukes nissan leaves at the back of it um then we had a then we had the circuit safari now for those of you who are not familiar with the circuit safari concept i will explain to you this way you get on a bus the bus goes around the track and while the bus is going around the track a bunch of race cars are going on the around the track at speed it's Mm. the coolest thing ever it started in japan it slowly made its way overseas because they also brought this to a british gt round earlier this year Yes, that sounds really cool. F one needs circus safari. We need a pre. Oh, we need a pre, yeah. like an extra free practice devoted just for for a circuit safari. Oh my goodness! Um, the most fun event probably was the historic car exhibition race. Now this was like a, an event for na- early nineteen seventies uh, rear wheel drive touring cars, mostly Nissan Sundays. Um, one of the chaps who showed up was actually a covert Nissan legend in Masahigo Kagayama. He brought a Leighton House colored uh, Nissan Sunday to the dance, and uh, it was a fun time. There was a lot of passing, a lot of attrition. Like, that race had was more fun than it had any right to be. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Then we had the uh, the Nismo Grand Prix. For more contemporary cars, you had all the Nissan GTRs from Super GT against all the cars from Super Taiku, which is a... It, it's kind of like a Japanese take on a VLN or a 24-hour series. And they even brought one of the Nissan GTRs over from Black Pan GT. They have a 12-lap race. They have some different pit stop rules to kind of balance out the field. Um, in the end, the Nismo team, of course, wins the big race. Um, because Sugio Matsuda and Ronnie Canarelli are probably the best driver combination that we've ever seen in Super GT history. And then there was a brief intermission before the main event of the day, the GTR Heritage Run. This was 16 different Skyline GTRs and GTRs, each mm. of them in race, all of them with their original drivers. So not only did you have, like, the contemporary GT500 GTRs, you also had... Michael Crum driving his old V8-powered GTR Nismo GT1 for the old FIA GT1 championship. You had Katsumasa Chio in his car that he won the Bathurst 12-hour with. You had both the 98 and 99 Pennzoil Nismo Skyline GTRs with Masami Kageyama and Eric Komas in them. Um, you had the two uh, Skyline GTR LMs that raced at Le Mans, Ooh. which were particularly fan favorites. You had three r32 skyline gtr touring cars one of them was the calsonic car the course the other was the uh the hks racing gtr which had green headlights that were amazing and K drift king keiichi suchia in a black and red stp taisan gtr that dude is a fan favorite no matter where he shows up Mm -hmm. and, th and then finally you go back to like the 1970s so like the original nissan skyline gtrs that were so dominant in touring car racing and then there was one car that really took my eye it's a 1973 skyline gtr racing concept um now this second generation model they were going it launched in 1973 and they only made 197 of them before production ceased basically the energy crisis hit everyone it especially hit japan hard and nissan had to pull the plug on the car early this is the only known car that was ever prepared for racing. It didn't actually race, but they built it as a concept, showed it off at the Tokyo Auto Show, and it, it, it's beautiful. It almost looks like there's definitely a lot of American like muscle car influence on the design of this car, as I posted in the Discord chat. Like, it's it's just beautiful. This oh. this event was a, this event was a fun time. You can watch the whole thing in its entirety on Nismo TV. You might even hear from from me in some in some degree from it as I kept feeding it kept feeding information to Sam Collins while he was commentating the action as you do. You um, shameless fanboy. <laughs> look, I'm I'm just I'm just here to I'm just here to add I'm just here to add context and information to the story to help to help other people enjoy the Nismo Festival a lot better. Yes, sir. That and, is definitely a good thing. Yep, and we'll talk about this. What like this isn't the only manufacturer festival of note because Honda has one, and it's very relevant to stuff we're going to talk about here later. Yes, sir. Indeed, King, you wanted to mention a bit of college football again. <laughs> yes, because my my alma mater, the University of Pittsburgh, decided yes to stop being a trash bag team. For its one and only time this year, <laughs> it's, it's it's one yearly win, not a shit house performance. <laughs> yes, yes, because going into this game, 
uh, the University of Pittsburgh was four and seven on the season, which you know is not good. We know like you need to be at least six and six to be eligible for a bowl game. We knew mm-hmm. that that postseason football was not going to exist for the Panthers, and we are rolling yep. up, rolling up into Pittsburgh this Sunday was the uh, I believe number two in the nation, un unbeaten up to this point, University of Miami. The AKA, U is back! <laughs> A.K.A. the U. Everyone thought the U was back. <laughs> Yo, they, they, got, they got youth pastor Mark Richt. They got the turnover chain. They've also won a bunch of coin flip games at this point, so they could have easily gone 500 just as well. But, you know, things were looking great, and then they ran to Pittsburgh, and oh, good golly, Miami, what are you doing? <laughs> yes, for the for the second like this was Miami's last game of the season. Like it's it's about an every other year tradition where basically our the garbage match for Pitt and Miami is always the last game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that we're that we have a college <coughs> segment keeping it one one and we're not even gonna talk about the fact that Auburn University knocked off Alabama in a decisive yeah. match. That that's not important. That's not important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yes, number two in the nation, University of Miami, rolls in the Pittsburgh and loses fourteen to twenty four. I uh, I was at work, so I missed most of the game. I saw the highlights. Mainly about, mainly I actually got to see the last quarter because I didn't think this was gonna like happen. <laughs> the game pretty much ended on a on a fumble recovery, which should have been a sack. I mean, I don't know what Miami's quarterback was thinking, but it's like, yeah, I'm gonna try to throw it, but it wasn't a forward pass. He fumbles the ball. Pitt picks it up with a minute to go. Game over. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> and this is the second year in a row the University of Pittsburgh has derailed an undefeated team. Yes, well, because if you'll remember, they did this with Clemson University, who went on to win the national championship that year. Coining the expression, put pit in. <laughs> put pit in. <laughs> yes. Because it, 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 it's also the line it's also the line King loses on Tinder. <laughs> Yes, because based on the transit of property, the University of Pittsburgh is the best team in the nation. <laughs> and I think, like, this is the uh, fourth time, like, the fourth time in recent history Pitt has defeated, like, Pitt is undefeated against top uh, against top three teams in the nation. Of course. <laughs> Despite the last few years, we have yet to, like, last few years, we have not played a bowl game. <laughs> like... <laughs> it's lit. Congratulations, King. Your alma mater stepped up to the plate. It was a beautiful thing. Yep. <laughs> Hashtag it's lit. Hashtag it's pit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that that's outstanding. That is <laughs> that, that that is outstanding shithousery. Right. One more thing before we go, guys. We got another case of fight night. <laughs> oh. We have two in three weeks, ladies and gentlemen. We 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 go back to the NFL on this occasion, and uh, oh, poor hit a in a complete barn burner. And by that, I mean it was a terrible game of football between the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. Um, Stay stay classy, AFC West. 
Stay classy, AFC West. Um, Akeem Talib, who's had a bit of a reputation over the years of being, shall we say, aggressive when it when it comes to dealing with his fellow player, and Michael Crabtree, who is pretty much like the ra- <laughs> the the ra- like, who is still famous for the meme of being thrown under a bus by Richard Sherman in the NFC Championship game a few years ago. Yes, that rant that went viral a few years back. <laughs> yes. I saw a receiver like Crabtree, etc. Um, anyway, we have to put in a little bit of backstory here because this happened last year too. Um, last year, I think it was week 17 of the regular season where Denver played Oakland. And in that, Akeem Tilly didn't like the jibber-jabber that Michael Crabtree was giving him during a play. So what does Akeem Tlaib do? The ultimate play of disrespect. He snatched the man's chain. (laughs) He legit stole it. He legit stole it on the field of play. (laughs) (laughs) Acutely's response was, Crabtree isn't good enough to earn the right to wear his chain on a football field. So Acutely snatched his chain. Which, like, Michael, at this point, I'm surprised he didn't just throw hands and kill the man afterwards. you, You can't snatch the man's chain. Oh, you can't. Dude. Oh, was that a was that a television camera person that got knocked over in the collateral? Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and an and an official. There was an official on the ground. <laughs> he just chucks the flag up in the air. <laughs> like I'm hurt. I'm on the ground. Gotta get this flag off. <laughs> it's it is a beautiful thing. Like like like. So what happened this time? Right on Sunday, it happened again. Like. The, the, the Crabtree clearly was gunning for revenge after last year. So at the end of a play, the play's been whistled dead. Crabtree basically puts his hands on Tlaib for a bit of afters. A very, very long shove off the field. It, they, they end up on the ground, and that's when they start swinging. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, oh, oh, dear. Um, <laughs> the second part of this, I... I freaking um it's it's coming here you can see like Talib in the white jersey he's gonna yeah. throw like a he's just gonna throw like an almighty cross over here yeah okay, just walks up to him bam stretch that left arm out and you know what he he's actually smart because he throws crabtree's helmet off too see <laughs> see Akeem Talib is a stay ready all star. Like <laughs> he he knows exactly what it comes down to when it comes to a fight. If you're gonna throw hands, take the man's helmets off, <laughs> and then afterwards, Talib has no problem swinging. Like Crabtree, he's not ready for this. He has no problem punching towards Talib's helmet, and that is the golden rule of these fights. You do not punch a man in the helmet. We've m- they're designed to protect a lot, you know, a lot sturdier things than your fist, quite frankly. But um, I also, if there's one other bonus from this, I have to also say, it was like hilarious to see like the guy escorting Talib off the field after Talib's inevitable ejection. Marshawn Lynch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch is escorted to leave off the premises. Beast mode keeping the peace. <laughs> peace mode is out here keeping the peace. Peace mode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of all people to, to, to escort to leave off the field, Marshawn Lynch. Because, hey, no one's fighting Marshawn Lynch. Nope. No one. <laughs> Nope. It's like, okay, like, 
it's like to leave, it's like to leave here, started a fight. Okay, well, I can't, I can't have this. Like off he goes. Um, so yeah, like we, like if you haven't seen it already, check it out on the Twitters. It's it's hilarious. More from Fight Club later this year on the Motorsport 101 podcast, inevitably because there's bound to be more of these, and then and they never stop being funny. So uh, um, in the meantime, we're gonna play some music while I snatch Ryan King's chain. When we come back, we'll have the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Well, what was left of it anyway. King, we had the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix this weekend, and I think it's pretty safe to say that the F1 season did not end on a bang, but on a whimper. <laughs> it ended on a very awkward whimper. That might have been the worst Grand Prix of the year. Like, I, I, I am not even exaggerating or hyperboling when I say this. This race was awful. <laughs> yeah, this is one... Like, I can't wait for the SB Nation video about it in a couple of years' time. Worst Grand Prix. Like, it's, uh, it's, uh, like, it can't be anywhere near as good as the worst Thanksgiving game, eh, Grand Prix? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all I'm saying ends. is... All I will say is... Google that one on the SB Nation YouTube channel if you want to see Ryan King's beloved New York Jets take the almightiest of L's. But, uh... But uh, there was a Grand Prix. It did happen. Like I said, it might have been probably the worst Grand Prix of 2017. Which, to be fair, we've had some stinkers. This one was probably at the top of the list. The most memorable thing about that Grand Prix, at least in my opinion, was Grosjean basically taking 115 different ways of trying to pass Lance Stroll. (laughs) And and Botas won, lol. What do you mean, Botas? Yeah, like, Botas wins lol, Magnussen spins out of his own accord because Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> and yeah, Grosjean basically got sick and tired of that Canadian boy's shit. <laughs> Fun times. That was about it, people. Oh yeah, and like I said, and, and Botas won. Let's talk about Botas winning, you know, because we've been a bit mean towards Val in recent weeks on this show. This was... I must say, a pretty flawless Val weekend. Like, he, he, he gets a surprise pole position. Um, Is it really? It's a second consecutive pole. D- d- exactly, it's a surprise. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, you know, like, yeah, like, I must admit, I was surprised with that. It, it was a stonking great pole lap, I have to say. Well done on that one, Val. That was a beautiful lap. Um beating uh, Lewis Hamilton by a couple of attempts on that one. Um, then, quote-unquote, I feel sorry for the for the F1 intern that has to keep posting, this is a new track record, because it was a new track record, um, of, of, of course. Yeah, Stop they, me if you've... They, they said new track record so many times, I'm pretty sure Tom Carnegie was like, do I come back from the dead yet? <laughs> Yo, did we ever, like, do a, like, a running tally of how many times that button that was pushed? <laughs> I don't know. I actually did. It was seven times, ladies and gentlemen, and during that session that the track record was broken. So, uh, yeah, I feel sorry for that intern. Um, I, I, you know, these cars, you know, you know, they get faster and faster, but the on-track action is still so bad. But hey, lap records, yo, lap records—they're always cool, right? 
Right, guys? Like, They're not going to get outdated and become dangerously unsafe. No? No? Okay. Still, Val got a perfect getaway through turn one and pretty much led every single lap. Um, only the crossover in the pits, because you know what Mercs are like. Leading driver gets first call on stops. Lewis Hamilton tried to run long. Didn't work. Val came out ahead. Race was effectively over at that point in time because Ferrari were a million miles away. Um, Ferrari were like, yeah, hey, we're just here for third. Um, you know, but, you know, props to Val where props is due. That was flawless. You know, an excellent pole lap, brilliant start, got the win, fastest lap, led pretty much every single lap on the day. Can't say any more than that, King. Pretty flawless weekend. Yep, solid. So- Wish we so, got, so, I wish we would have got that a whole lot sooner. I know, right? It's like if this had happened like in Belgium as opposed to like now, we'd have, we wouldn't have taken a crap on Val so hard towards the end of the year. But hey, better late than never, right? Yeah. Better late than never. So better uh, late and after King decided to disown <laughs> hashtag Botas. In exchange for Carlos Sainz Jr., who had another oh mechanical God. DNF. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. More on Carlos Sainz in a as, bit. As, but, uh, as I said on Twitter, this just shows how how prolific Nico Rosberg won, like, was to win the world championship with me being one of his fans. Yeah, it's like King normally drags everybody down around him, but Nico Rosberg overcame years of Ryan King's support to win the world title last year. That in alone is a greater feat than beating Lewis Hamilton, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> but uh, well done, Val. Brilliant drive. Uh, we have to give a little bit of credit, as if who doesn't do that these days, of Lewis Hamilton as well. Only the third world champion to ever win a world title while scoring points in every single race. Um, and you have to note that there's an asterisk besides that, because under some circumstances, he's the second guy to do that. Is this because Fangio, who's one of the other two, scored points in the 500? Which I think No, no, no. He, he didn't know. score points in the 500 when the 500 was a part of the championship. And it didn't really oh i see what you mean yeah 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 i get you so you know it's really just down to if you want to be pedantic it's lewis in 2017 and schumacher in 2002 yes yeah pretty much yeah and you know so you know two quote free if you were born in 1935 you know something like that um but yeah congrats to lewis hamilton i mean let's not forget like for all the talk this this Mercedes team has been practically flawless all year long. I mean, they've not been as dominant in terms of sheer performance compared to other years because, I mean, I think we had seven non-Mercedes victories this year and this was only Merck's fourth one-two of the year, as crazy as that sounds. Um, But one, like, one DNF the whole year. That's... Very impressive indeed. Um, only Valtteri Bottas's engine um, in Spain um, yeah, was like, the, the the only casualty. Like Renault's um, looking over, is like, where do I get me some of that? Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, Lewis Hamilton, no points record this year. Yes, <laughs> oh <laughs> go on. <my> <laughs> Yes! It's still safe for another year. Um, 363, the final point total for Lewis Hamilton. Every race in the points. His worst result was ninth at Mexico. 
a, a seventh and every other performance in the top five or better. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen times he finished either first or second. Not a single third place all year long. There's your fun fact of the day for you. No bronze medals in Lewis Hamilton's collection this year. There's your fun fact of the day for you. But um, also, I don't put it in the sentence, but I've got to mention this king. Sebastian Peter Merckx! Get in there! <laughs> it, took, it took a while. It took a while. This is significant. This is the first time in, in the hybrid era a Mercedes has been beaten pound for pound over a calendar year. <laughs> so, well done, Seb. Friggin' Lord's work there, my friend. 317 points in the end. Seb, I expect a thank you letter in the mail. Like, like <laughs> half of that was me. <laughs> See him, him like kind of half on the wagon, but then he then he fell in love with Carlos Sainz's hairpiece. So it was like, oh so uh, yeah. Um, cheers, cheers, King. We, we, we appreciate your service. Um, the Sebastian Vettel fan club thanks you uh, for your for your dedication and third party support. We're, we're all here for it. Um, God, it was a stinker of a race, though. The, the, the top five being so spread out, there was there was a nothing burger of a race. I mean, like we saw Max Verstappen, um, you know, you saw Max Verstappen try to have a crack at uh, Kimi Raikkonen to no avail, and the only reason we had any sort of real intrigue in said top five was Daniel Ricciardo had another DNF. Um, yeah, so I think that was the only position change inside the top ten all, all race long, at least for most of it. Yeah, because like off the start, the top twelve was exactly the same. Uh, I, that never happens in F one, where like through the first lap, they they put up obviously the up and downs on the grid, and it's like top twelve zero 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 zero. It was like whoa, I've never seen that before in all my years of watching F one, where the top twelve was completely line astern. Through the it's opening like, lap. This is literally a procession. Yes. Figuratively and literally. And again, it, it took Daniel Ricciardo's having a hydraulic failure um, to essentially derail him. Um, again, his sixth DNF of 2017. His third in the last four races, which was so bad, it actually resulted in Kimi Raikkonen leapfrogging him in the championship on the final round. So Raikkonen... Oh Finishes fourth overall with 205 points compared to Ricardo's 200. Time um, to extend that deal. <laughs> Time for another run-year deal. The rolling one-year deal votive no confidence. Because um, for all those guys out here saying that Verstappen got the shit end of the stick, I present to you the end of Daniel Ricardo's season. Um, three DNFs in the last four. Y'all, That's Re- brutal. Y'all, Red Bull cannot afford one, two working cars at the same time. It seems like. <laughs> yeah. No. They're they're going to the 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 Ayrton Senna at Lotus School of Thought. It's like, well, we can't have two top drivers. We can't afford that. King, there was twenty races this year. Thirteen of them had at least one Red Bull DNF. Oh my god. Sixty-six percent, basically. Mm, um, hey, so two thirds of. Hey, who provides their Tag Heuer engines? Uh, um, Renault, apparently. Yeah, and um, and who's McLaren switching to next year? <laughs> um, I was like, are we sure this is a good idea, people? Like, are, like, are we absolutely sure on this? I, I imagine <laughs> that is a quote from Stoffel Van Doors. <laughs> yeah, Stoffel was down to twentieth at one point. 
Poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, I mean, he, he made up for it later, but, like, didn't get any points out of this. So 12th was... place for Stoffel. Yeah. And again, like, the three-point scoring drives of Fernando Alonso to close the year put Alonso back ahead of Van Dorn in the Drivers' Championship as well. So Stoffel can't even hang his hat on that one anymore because uh, Fernando closed the year with a 10th, an 8th, and a 9th in the last three rounds. Uh, poor Stoffel. Give that man some credit. Um, but, uh, yeah, like again, it was a bit of a procession. And, yeah, hey, like, one of the guys that could have benefited from Ricardo's uh, unfortunate DNF was Carlos Sainz, who was making his way from further down the field uh, until Renault screwed him by not putting his front left on properly. That oh old chestnut. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I almost forgot how we went out of the race. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and now I, re- I remember now. The tire was coming off. They didn't even get a chance <laughs> to put the wheel gun on there. Nope. Like, Carlos took off, and that wheel was floppy by the time he got to the bottom end of the tunnel. Yeah, he almost bended at Galeel's bend. <laughs> Galeel's bend. Galeel's bend. That is just so much in the last five seconds. Like, number one, it got floppy before it reached the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize I said that. That's genius. Oh my god. See, and, oh. see, and I just and I mistaken that like taking a look at the uh, the pit stop work and just seeing the air guns and commenting. Huh, that that looks like my first time. I thought that was going to be the peak of our windows. <laughs> Apparently, I've been outdone. Yep. Um, wrong, Dre, wrong. Oh, dear. Like, like, for all my sexual innuendos unintentionally of 2017, that might top the lot. Well done, me. I'm giving myself a pat on the back as we speak. Like, go, go, go me. But, uh, you know a shame. This you know what no, this is? This is, uh, this is Abu Dhabi in an odd year. Abu Dhabi in an odd year is a crap show. Abu really? Abu Dhabi in even years... Yeah, because if you look at all the even years we've had races at Abu Dhabi, 2010, title fight. 2012, Kimi wins and Vettel goes to the from the back to the front in an entertaining race. 2014, yes. title fight. 2016, title fight where Nico Rosberg wins. Uh, the other five runnings of this event. <laughs> um, oh, no. So See- what I'm saying is you can look forward to an entertaining 2018 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So, so or at least one with stakes involved. So, so you're telling me that Abu Dhabi pretty much works on Simon Pegg's theory about Star Wars, Star Trek movies. You're yeah, right. so yeah, so the even ones are all good and the odd ones are all terrible. Wow. So, so, <laughs> so they're basically, Abu Dhabi is the San Francisco Giants of F1 races. I gotcha. Abu Dhabi <laughs> is like Star Trek. If Star Trek had Ferrari World. The highlight of the race was all the shots of Ferrari World. That oh, was yeah. my visual highlight. King, Lewis Hamilton, you just won the Formula One World Championship. What are you going to do next? I'm, I'm going, going to the Ferrari, Ferrari World. <laughs> As Toto Wolf and Nicky Lauda nearly have a stroke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah, I'm going what? to Ferrari. Dot dot dot. World. 
that that's kind you, of ironic. I tell you, we need to build a Mercedes world right next door in Dubai. How <laughs> <laughs> we keep the drivers around? Like RJ, I had no idea you had such a good Nicky Lauda impression. It's Holy at least sh- a good Daniel Brawl as Nicky Lauda impression. That works. I, 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 I consider that good enough, quite frankly. Um, so yeah, like, like so when did wait, so when did Carlos Sainz join? Renault again. What race was it? It was Cota, wasn't it? Yes, it was Cota. Yeah. Cota was the, the very first yeah, race. Yeah, combined with him and Toro Rosso, he's had four DNFs in the last six as well. Ever since that fourth in Singapore, it's been a shit house for Carlos Sainz. Mm. But he still did outscore Nico Hulkenberg in the Drivers' Championship, mm. which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Carlos Sainz ninth overall in in what was the sport's seventh best car. <laughs> oh yeah, random note. Uh I just remember there is a Mercedes Benz world. <laughs> oh where is really? it? Really? Where is uh, it? Brooklyn's. Brook Oh of course. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Good find, King. Good find. Um speaking of Nico Hulkenberg, shout out to him. Sixth place, the best of the rest honors go to Nico Hulkenberg again. And with that as well, not only does he overtake Felipe Massa to crack the top 10 on countback, um, on top of that, he also guided Renault to sixth in the Constructors' Championship in, the, in a fight that was literally worth some millions of dollars. Um, about six and a half mil, apparently, when it comes to Constructors' finishing position. So well done, Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, <laughs> does it seem like ever since Signs went to Renault that that just really lit a fire right underneath Nico Hulkenberg's seat? It did yeah. because, like, like, like Hulkenberg would have finished probably top four or five in Mexico if it wasn't for his engine failing. He was excellent at Singapore as well, but a little bit before Carlos Sainz. But that news was kind of already up in the air. So, like, again, Hulkenberg would have probably had fourth in Singapore if it wasn't for that too. Now, I'm not exactly a, a rooter of, of Nico Hulkenberg, the person, but he, spoiler alert, he's probably going to get a really high score in the season reviews later later, later this month because, yeah. If, if this was the year to prove that Hulkenberg can carry a team, he absolutely can. Um, and he's pretty much dragged Renault into sixth place single-handedly. So, uh, well done, Nico Hulkenberg, on a pretty great season, all things all things considered. More on that on next week's show, most likely. Um, also, shout-out as well again to Romain Grosjean, who was determined to put some entertainment in there when he tried to pass Lance Stroll <laughs> 15 times over. That was fun. And then just having... Lance Stroll completely sweep by him on the second straight. <laughs> that Williams top end speed is still so good. Um, like the same thing happened to poor Pascal Verlaine had to dive bomb the crap out of Kevin Magnussen in the later periods, and then what happens? Second DRS zone, Magnussen completely swoops around the outside of him. And I remember the the radio call from Pascal was, "Oh my god, he's so fast." <laughs> <laughs> Pascal, if this was your final race, it's been a pleasure watching you, and you've done brilliantly with the opportunities you've been given, sir. Just wanted to get that one out there as well. You're doing uh, great, sweetie. You're doing great. You really did. Um, again, more on that on the team if he's most likely next week. Also, a couple of more ironic things to point out. Alonso beating Felipe Massa to, to a narrow ninth place in Massa's final race. So, could you not have kicked Massa out in any worse fashion? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of course, Nando had to beat him one last time. It, 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 was that like a revenge for Brazil? It, it, it had to be, clearly. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, 
Final championship standings then, if, in case you're curious. Lewis Hamilton, your new four-time world champion, um, on 363 points. Sebastian Vettel second, dab, 317 points. Um, Val cracks the 300 club, 305. Um, not bad from him at all. A strong finish, second, second, first to close the year. Can't argue with that. Kimi Raikkonen. Again, we, as we mentioned, narrowly beating Daniel Ricciardo for fourth. Ricciardo deserved that fourth place. He's been so good this year. Um, Ricardo, so Ricciardo on 205, Ricciardo 200. Verstappen couldn't ever really recover from that awful start of the year, 168. Sergio Perez in seventh king. Cracks the 100-point club for the first time. 100 on the nose for Sergio Perez in seventh place. He wins the best of the rest paperweight. <laughs> I'm... I'm, I'm bo- I'm borrowing it from the BSB Riders Cup of my old bike live jokes. He, he gets a paperweight. He gets to share it with Christian Inden. Well done, Sergio. You get the paperweight award. 100 points. Esteban Ocon, 8th place in his first full season overall. 87 points and finishing That's 19 good. out of 20 races. Superb season, Esteban. Well done, you, sir. As we mentioned him as well, Carlos Sainz. What a season he's had. Ninth overall. In the seventh best car in the field, 54 points all in, despite an awful end of the year until it comes to reliability. The kid's a superstar, seriously. I can't wait to see them and Renault together, him and Hulkenberg, properly next year. That's a formidable team. Um, Hulkenberg, again, just mentioned, just cracks the top 10 with 43 points, beating Felipe Massa on the count of more sixth place finishes. Who would have thought it? Um, Hulkenberg and Massa both on 43. Lance Stroll gets dumped out of the top 10 in his final race. Poor guy. On 40, on 40 but still a great season from Lance Stroll yeah, as a rookie. He's the highest scoring rookie in the field. And again, it, well, what does that say really when, you know, <laughs> Van, Van Dorn really can't co- score points on a consistent clip and neither can Pierre Gasly or Brendan Hartley. Hmm. Congratulations, RJ. Your man's wins the At Least You Tried award. <laughs> by winning Rookie of the Year, basically by default. <laughs> but hey, he was the only guy not in the top three teams to score a podium finish this year. So well done, Lance. Hey, <laughs> He still always have Baku. Um, yeah, 13 podiums this year from Hamilton. 13 from Vettel. 13 from Botas. 9 from Ricardo. Lance Stroll, the only man not in the top six to have a podium. Good for him. Romain Grosjean on 28 points in 13th. K-Mag, 19 points in 14th. Alonso, as we mentioned, narrowly beaten Van Dorn for 15th overall. Alonso, 15th overall. Sigh. Sigh. 17 points to Van Dorn's 13. Jolien Palmer still hanging on to that Singapore finish in 17th place with 8 points. He only narrowly beat Pascal Verlein in 18th overall. Because uh, Pascal with five points overall. Remember that eighth place in Catalonia? That's the one. Um, ties with Kvyat in 19th. The last two guys to score points. Um, he had five points as well this year. Marcus Eriksson scores a donut. The only full-timer with the donut treatment, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, remember when it was like a struggle for some people to score points? Now it's like, hey, you're the only guy without points. Yeah, but guess who's keeping his seat for next year, most likely? Oh my god. Yeah, Sauber's doing their Abu Dhabi Tower tyre test tomorrow, and they confirm the lineup is Marcus Ericsson and Charles Leclerc. That sounds ominous. Very. Just saying. Just saying. Also, 
Are we all just forgotten about Antonio Giovinazzi already? Kick to the curb. Yesterday's news, son. Sorry about that. Yep, sorry. <laughs> Le- Leclerc right. jumped the queue. No, if if Lizzie's Twitter feed was any indication, I don't think we've forgotten about Antonio Giovinazzi. <laughs> no, no. 100 sweat drop emojis. Oof. Yeah, as you do. He's gorgeous. He is. What a guy. Uh, <laughs> Brendan Hartley, Pierre Gasly, Jensen Button and Paul DeResta filling out the rest of the, of the scoreboard. Constructors title, Mercedes win. You're all shocked. 668 points. And again, not quite the level of dominance we expected this year, but still a pretty convincing Constructors title by yeah. 146. I'm pretty sure yeah. this is the only thing we all agreed on at the start of the season, that no matter who won the Drivers' Championship, Mercedes would win the Constructors. Well, it's not like you picked Sebastian Vettel to win the title or anything, did you? <sighs> I'm off the narcotic for good, ladies and gentlemen. This is never happening again. And I don't care what anyone says, Ferrari was still really pretty good this year. Second place, 522 points scored. Still a pretty great effort all in, especially to get five wins as well. The best of the teams in the hybrid era to take on Mercedes. Red Bull, this is going to be a case of, I wonder what could have happened if they didn't have so many DNFs. 13 of them putting them kind of in no man's land on 368 points in third um, overall. Speaking of no man's land, Force India retain their fourth place title spot. 187 points, beating Williams by over 100. Field well done. the fourth, baby. <laughs> yeah. the fourth. The season would have ended, uh, like, Force India could have ran one car for the year and they still would have beaten Williams in fifth because even Esteban Ocon had 87 points. Williams, as a team, had 83 this year. Um, Yeah, Williams, again, sort of in no man's land. Fifth place overall, 83 points. Renault, as we mentioned, won the cash battle for sixth place in the end, thanks to Hulkenberg's sixth place, 57 points, putting them just over Toro Rosso's 53, again, who had pretty much Carlos signs on their back for the entire year. And also four different drivers for him this year as well. 53 points for Toro Rosso in seventh. Haas end up back in 8th, unfortunately, despite a valiant effort and genuine improvement. 8th overall for the Americans. Sorry, King. Uh, 47 points for Haas there in 8th. Hashtag now my team. (laughs) Not your Americans, hashtag. Um, McLaren Honda in ninth on 30 points. Uh, You you know, they scored 30 points, but a bit... Yeah, yeah. it's the second time in three years they've finished ninth. One step forward, two steps back. I look forward to that team review segment on next week's show, that's for sure. Um, 30 points on that one, and Sauber, bottom of the pile, with just five, unfortunately. But that is your 2017 final standings. And hey, Liberty Media were very quick to forget about this, because, King, we got a new logo! Oh, God. Oh, (laughs) buddy. Oh uh, boy! Like, like we, we've we've gone for this show for nearly an hour, and we've not mentioned their new logo yet. I I hoped so, part of me hoped that it would change before we got to the segment. <laughs> that breaking news, like, oh, like they unveiled their new logo almost immediately after the Grand Prix. Um, Yo, can we talk about the? Uh, the reveal trailer. <laughs> the reveal trailer. Yo. We're kicking that old intro to the curb. 
We're kicking the old intro to the curb in the style of an MLG montage parody. Yeah, it's a montage yeah. parody. They're like, whoa, MLG montage? Whoa, those are better than that parody. Okay. I'm here for it. And you know what? I don't care. I like the logo. You are Shoot in, me. You are in a minority, my friend. Listen, I backed Sebastian Vettel to win the world title this year. I already knew I was in a minority. I might as well go all the way with this. Italy is not a minority. In the context of of this F1 sport right now, it is. Um, But uh, I know, I openly admit, I'm in the minority here. I like the logo. It reminds me of Wipeout, and therefore it is awesome. (laughs) Fight me. What's that comparison got made to me of? It's just like, you know what? Actually, yeah, this logo has gone from fine to being pretty okay. Um, the the basic identity itself is all right. It's simple. Uh, there's not that ambiguity about the negative space, although negative space in a logo design is pretty clever, I guess. I'm not entirely sure, but you know, it's simple. And um, the typeface is just mm, that typeface is dated. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it looks like something you would see on like. A, a, a Waylon Yatani spacecraft and alien. You know what it is, King? It's basically like they've copied the ESPN logo, which is like, kind honestly, of a conspiracy because Sean Bratch has worked for ESPN for 27 years. <laughs> like, honestly, I think I tweeted, uh, I tweeted out somebody made a slight change to the logo where they gave the one a serif, so it actually looks like a one. And I was like, that is hundred percent better than than what they released on sunday i openly admit it is better but like that with the little pointy one that is way better it is you know i like it i I like i like that one a little bit more um i like it more than the one that that the guy that does that fucking mini series had yesterday fuck that guy by the way um but uh, (laughs) no punches pulled (laughs) I don't. Th- I don't think I haven't forgotten his racist bullshit last year. By the way, like, you know, like I'm just gonna drop an end bomb here to describe Dark Mini's character. Yeah, 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 yeah. F that guy. But um, yeah. Um, um RJ, what's your take on the logo? <laughs> it, it's it's fine. I'm okay um, with it. Yeah, I I know like King. King, King is going to disagree with me on this. I, I like the basic identity of the logo. Um, I, think, I think, as I mentioned, the text isn't all that great. But, you know, they've, they, they, if, as Sean Kelly put it after the race, you know, if this logo comes to be associated with uh, better racing, better fan access, uh, more competition, everybody will enjoy it in time. It's one of those things that I think people are just going to get mad about for a week and then just get used to it like everything else and just not worry about it anymore. But I mean, like, looking back in time, the logo before the previous one, I also did not enjoy that, though people, like, have a fond nostalgia for it. This is F1, King. Everybody loves nostalgia. Everyone (laughs) loves nostalgia, my dude. Yeah, so... Is it just me, or is it just more the fact that F1 fans just don't like change? Uh, no. I think, like, this, like, this logo has, like, genuine design flaws. Hmm, in what sense? Like, number one. The reason why I like the serif design, not only can you tell it's a one, 
the the F looks like an F and not a lowercase R. True that. Like it's hard to it's hard to describe at a distance what are you looking at, whether you're seeing an R and an I or an F and a one. Like that is a problem. It is a problem. If you I'll... back away from it, it almost looks like an A. Oh my god, that is even worse. <laughs> that is even worse. Like y'all, y'all thought the uh, like y'all thought people who thought the Walt Disney logo read out Disney. <laughs> like we're oh. yeah, we're at a whole other level. Like uh, it's it's an it's like it's a legibility problem. Like I don't want to say identity because like I it looks like something for like racing related, but like legibility is an issue. I it is. How, I love how people compared it to like the logo that people would use to introduce their F one twenty one YouTube series, which is very funny because considering Brendan Hartley has been uh, pretty much doing a short uh, Last of First challenge series this whole season. Pretty much, it was so good. Lewis Hamilton thought he had to go in Brazil, but um, yeah, that's the logo. I'm I'm sure you expected a lot more of a, of a of a case of hotter takes here, but two of us are just okay with it, and one of us is like, well, that's a little bit bad, but meh. Yeah, like, like just like, like one slight change would make it miles better. Yeah, it's like we sorry about time, that. We had time to sleep on it. It's amazing how that works. You know, you don't just come out of a bunch of blazing hot takes regarding like who does that on this podcast anyway. <laughs> Though I love the design company behind it. It's like this is our greatest achievement, guys. We're so proud, <laughs> guys. That could have taken ten minutes to draw up, and they're like they probably got like I saw like a good friend of the show. Where they, I know he listens to us a lot, and I don't mention him on here, but guys, remember Val dudes. Big fan of us, apparently. Um, the stream of Aldi. He's a good, good, man, good friend of mine from the F1 days. He said it's probably kind of bad that the, like some guys probably got paid like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to design that. Yeah. <laughs> take the money though. <laughs> yeah, run. Like, yeah, take the money and run. Just run. Run. Just run. That, like put it in the savings account. Buy your Cyber Monday items. We are recording this on a Cyber Monday, November yes. 27th. Hey, because mm-hmm. because they gave him a whole bunch of ideas. And a bunch of people at, at F1 who have Twitter accounts, which I will not mention, said, okay, we're going to run with that. The design company didn't say we're going to run with that. F1 said we're going to run with that. No, we're taking this, and that's final, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Sodjaw design, we're going with this, pre, we're going with this pre-rendered build. Um, yeah, like, like, sorry about that. That takes for being quite tepid on this one. How bad. Um, yeah. All I will say is I don't like all these people that are saying, "Oh, look at all these sports problems," and they're yeah, fixing the logo as if like major problems in the sports competitive balance and like overtaking and other shit <laughs> can just magically be Bahrain, fixed overnight. Y'all. We race in Bahrain. <laughs> like you have no, you have no footing to stand on saying, "Oh, what about all the other issues?" Well, we purposely give ourselves issues. <laughs> Yeah, we race in Bahrain, a country that only gave women the right to vote 14 years ago. Just saying. Like, I don't see you making noise about that. But, you know, the logo. Shit on it from a great height. Uh, but, guys, guys, they're working on the other stuff. Give it some time. Yeah. You know, give it some time. Some patience. Like, okay, wasn't this like some of these the same fans that actually quite liked the proposed ending changes last week? I'm just saying. Like... 
Also, one more thing I want I want to bring out from from this past weekend. Who here watched the F1 esports series? Oh gosh, I did not. Yeah, I was at work. You guys are terrible fans. It has, to, it has to come down to me to watch it. The guy that was like has the biggest beef with one of its main experts on said panel. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, you guys. Throw, hey, I, throw I, Dre I love, under the bus. I love the highlights, though. The highlights were awesome, and the gift reaction. The highlights are great. The gift right. reactions were great. It feels like it'd be right up in my alley. You have race cars. You have video games. You don't have things that would make real life racing boring. Uh, Davide Valsecchi in the booth. Yeah, like, here's my take on the whole thing. Uh, I did watch the grand final, I watched the semis as well. There's a lot of potential in this. The potential <laughs> is through the roof with this format. Like, I, we had three races over the weekend for the grand finals. They had one on the Friday, which for some reason wasn't streamed, which I think was dumb, quite frankly. They didn't stream the first race. Um, because like, I'm not saying this was flawless, and I'll get to a big reason why that was in a second. But um, yeah, the Friday race wasn't streamed, but uh, we got races two and three streamed live on uh, on Twitch and the F1 Facebook Live page. Twitch, they were batting about 8,000 viewers, which is pretty good, pretty good. Um, decent, decent amount. It's not, it's not uh, a line just talking about indie numbers, but it's decent. We're getting there. We're getting there. The room wasn't built on the day um, and all that. But uh, shout out. It was. It was. It really was. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Brandon Lee, who wins the, the F1 Esports Series Grand Final with a spectacular win. Um, uh, I think he won race one and race three, the final round in Abu Dhabi. And I don't know if you saw the highlights, but that last lap pass for the win, spectacular. Basically, they're going down the front straight. The whole thing's on YouTube. They put the whole third race on YouTube if you can, so you can watch it if you want. So, minor spoiler if you haven't already. But um, but the final lap, um, there's a guy in the Mercs in the lead. Brandon is in second place. He's got DRS. He's got one crack at the win here, basically. Um, he fakes to the right, but then darts down to the left in the braking zone on the first DRS area. Um dive bombs, takes the lead, get makes it stick. The other guy has to cut the corner and gets a three-second time penalty. And, and Brendan immediately wags his finger on the hard camera yes. after making the pass. <laughs> what a gangster! Oh. <laughs> and as he crosses the line, knowing he's won the, the eSports series, he does the finger wag again! <laughs> Brandon, I know you don't listen to us, but if you do, you, sir, are a gangster. Um... Awesome, awesome. Going full Jorge Lorenzo. Doesn't even care about the fact he's won. He's more mad about the guy that ran him off the road. Brilliant. <laughs> so, Brandon is a gangster. Shout out to Sembolaski who won race two at Spa as well. And now a part of Fernando Alonso's esports team, which is really cool. The first time Fernando Alonso's doing all his, you know, next chapter of his F1 career stuff already. You know, so that's really cool. So, you know, shout out to that. Shout- Yes, and shout-outs as well to Fernando Alonso for launching a team named after one of the greatest squads in Ridge Racer history, FA Racing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, great stuff. Greatness um, acknowledging great greatness. Yep. Shout-out as well to, I know there's a, there's a good few friends of ours that were working on that a lot over the course of this year, like Lee Marver at Codemasters, um, 
Jenny as well, and um, a lot of guys put a lot of time into making to making this work. And I think for the most part, they pulled it off. So well done to those guys. Congratulations to Cody's for, and obviously F1 coming together for this. They did a really great job. Apart from a couple of guys disconnecting during races through no fault of their own and not restarting, that was a problem. Um, the, the, yeah, like the, the, this was mentioned a lot on on the Friday in particular, where a couple of guys were knocked out of lobbies due to the game service. That's not acceptable, and uh, the fact that the race wasn't restarted when two guys dropped out probably not a good look still a bit of work to do for e- given esports and the f1 platform i mean you've got an esports series now there really isn't an excuse for you to have like a better function in multiplayer otherwise the whole thing's gonna come tits up basically but yeah. production wise besides that excellent well done to fizzy and the guys in the booth as well like fizzy you may know him from his aor days um, he was in charge of the camera work as well and did a lot of great work with the crew, so shout out to those guys as well. The disconnections were a problem, and that's pretty much my only black mark on an otherwise really fun series. And I, I'm with friend of the show, Fake Ghost Pirate, Justin Sitton, you may know him on Twitter as well, who said, listen, make it a whole season thing. Like, do, like, fly them out, make it an esports series, replicate the actual calendar. And you know, put a stick an enormous cash prize at the end. I think that's the next step for me, at least as a series. Um, run it side by side by the calendar, you know, like, because they did a really good job of highlighting these esports users and making them seem like they were big deals. And that is something that I that I genuinely admire about the F1 social media accounts that they they made the F1 esports guys look like they yes. were actual drivers, yes. and that is really cool. They actually gave them. They actually put them on the F1 podium for the ceremony itself at the end on the Sunday morning. Again, yes. really cool feature. Like Mika Hakkinen was giving them, I think, was handing over the trophies as well. Oh my god! So yeah, like really cool stuff. Gordon Ramsay was down there. Mark Cavendish was down there. So like they they treated it like it was a big deal, and I'm really glad they did. And that is that's the first step. If you Make a series like this, and you take esports seriously, the people will come. And so, yeah, overall, for me, great job from everybody involved. Could still work on a couple of things, but the potential, I think, is huge. So, uh, you know, well done. Great show. Um, hopefully, more soon. More, hopefully, again next year, please. I mean, 65,000 people signed up, which is a great sign. So, yeah, the potential I'd, I'd is say, there. I'd say not make it a whole year thing but have like an official preseason during the f1 summer break when you know f1 fans are dying for something to follow and then sure then have it every round you know every f1 round after the summer break and usually like the preseason like the preseason hashtag like actual summer break would be when you know that year's version of the codemasters game would come out anyway yeah it's a very good point it is a very good point absolutely They'll ship them all off the code monsters to get early access anyway, most likely, like they do every year with the bloody YouTubers. <laughs> but just, um, just one last thing here. Um, thank you to everybody who has put together uh, NBC Sports Formula One coverage over yes, the last five years. Yes, absolutely. This, of course, their last race covering Formula One in the United States before the rights get turned over to ESPN. 
I know Dre's going to roll his eyes and groan when I tell him that Lee Diffie, <laughs> David Cobbs, and Steve Matchett celebrated the occasion with a toast. A toast of shoeies. No! No! <laughs> no! The shoeie is still awful! No! What? It's, it's, it's Fine. Time. It was it's their last it, race. Yeah, I'll let it slide. We'll <laughs> let it slide this time. Diffie at least took off one of his own shoes, so he wasn't, you know, just drinking out of a clean shoe. Like a pansy. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Matt and Hobbs dr- drunk out of clean shoes. Like, it was cowards. <laughs> really, Dre? Cowards. If you're going to do this, at least drink out of your own shoe if you're going to replicate the shoey, for God's sake. It's not yeah. authentic otherwise. Yeah. Drink um, your toe jam, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think Ricardo's calling. <laughs> Danny Ricardo's had is taking issue with this, so he's now calling King up directly. <laughs> Too busy David. calling, too busy yeah. calling the president a c-word. <laughs> Good oh man. David Hobbs' <laughs> last race after forty-one years of doing broadcasting. Yeah. If he's probably going to stick around with NBC to call some Olympics. As for everybody else, who knows what's going to happen? What's going to happen to Billy Butts? What's going to happen to Tony and Luke? Possibilities I... are endless, but they but they're good people, and you know, thank you so much for putting on some great racing over the past five years you actually yeah. help bring people into the sport yeah i've only awesome. I, yeah, yeah i've only ever seen clips of nbc because obviously being the only british guy here you know you're naturally going to be a struggle through things like geolocks and whatnot but their editorial work in particular tony and luke has done tremendous work over the, over the last couple of years and luke's been a you know a guy i've admired a lot um since meeting him last year um actually no, it was actually january this year i, I met him in person um, and that great big Sarah Connors motorsport meets up in East London in a really, really old pub, <laughs> deep under the ground. It was great, but um, no, like Luke and Tony's done tremendous work. Everyone at NBC, like Buxton, I, I, I don't. Me and him conf- have conflicts and a lot of stuff, but he's done tremendous work for them over the years Jason as well. Swales as Just well. Just Swales as well. Yeah, yeah. Who worked the? Who worked pretty much the entire season in crutches. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, so a salute to everyone at NBC for the hard work, and I hope all of you involved fall up from this, whatever it may be, because um, we know the journalism game is hard out there these days. I mean, God, we're on this goddamn podcast. It kind of says it all, really. But, um, like, again, I hope you guys all fall up in, in whatever you guys end up doing. Um, we, we wish you all the very best indeed. So shout out to NBC and everybody involved for the great work. And, yeah, that does it. This is the guys. We're at the end. This is the end of us basically reviewing races and stuff. God, that 2017 season went quite quick, actually, didn't it? Um, well, apart from maybe the last five rounds or so. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about it a little bit more in length next week when uh, we guess we go through the teams again. That's always fun, and the awards because hey, that'll be fun. And hey, Motorsport hey, Sport 101 awards show. Yes! The second the, the third year of the Motorsport 101 Awards. And we have a special guest for that as well, which I'll get to at the end of the show. Stay tuned on that. So, with a little bit of a musical interlude here, we'll get into a little bit of news.
this is like the the, the the caviar version of the news this week. It's 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 the it's it's the little taking little bite-sized pieces of news this week on this more streamlined edition of the show. Yeah, not a but, lot's happening here, honestly. Yeah, kind of a problem, really. But um, guys, get hype! Formula E's back this weekend. Yeah, season four. Back. Yes, <laughs> season four. Season four is usually a good season for every great sitcom. Yeah. Formula One might not be any different. E. But, uh, yeah, Formula E back, season opener in Hong Kong, live in the UK on Eurosport. It'll do. But, um, <laughs> I'll take it. But, um, guys, let's look at the fan boost. Lucas Degrassi is on top again. Whoa, Yay. Whoa, whoa, it's only Monday. Monday. World champion Lucas Degrassi. I know it's technically not a world championship. It, it's it's a world championship. <laughs> it is, but it isn't. It is. RJ's it, beating that guy. It's, it's what the, guy? That guy. It's, a, it's that the same guy. way that IndyCar is a quote-unquote world championship. <laughs> I mean, I mean, would you dispute it though? Would any one of us dispute it? Yes, I would. Yes, yes, he would, RJ. <laughs> yeah, I would. It's in semantics only, but in terms of quality of competition, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh no, hang on. We've got an update from Zoe in the chat. Apparently, Daniel Apt is now in the lead with twenty nine percent of the votes. Oh, and Eduardo Martara, potential rookie of the year contender, Eduardo Martara is second ahead of Felix Rosenquist. Luke, this is Luke. This is Diamond n- Felipe is fifth. This is not right. I demand driver for hire be up higher up the list. Nah, nah, get My... the bots in here, y'all. Get the bots in here, y'all. Yeah, like we're gonna see Sebastian Buemi shoot up the list of about like two about, about two hours before the race actually goes off. Put, put the bots into Kamui Kobayashi. This is his <laughs> yes. Race. He's gonna be spelling for uh for uh for what's it? MSAD Andretti uh, BMW whatever they are now. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the funny thing is that it's like we're kind of em- walking into the little bit of the unknown here. I mean, I think they're up in the race r- race voltage. I think it's going to be 180 kilowatts for races now, you guys, I think, yep. for season four. So, uh, more power, which is going to be fun. But it's, this is going to be kind of like the blind leading the blind. But uh, are we all still all in for Sebastian Wemmy for the title? Yes. 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 Yeah. Clean sweep here. We're all we're all in on Bremi. Sorry, Lucas. Um, too many hipster motorsport robotic takes for our liking. Um, <laughs> Hashtag I like I like Dev Bach better than you. <laughs> Somebody has to. Like, like, like. On a side note, real quick, did you guys see the beef between David Coulthard and 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 Lucas Degrassi on that one? <laughs> oh my God! Oh yeah, God. Lucas Degrassi had a. Had actually a fairly rational point that maybe to avoid like massive pileups of the one we saw at Macau, that maybe cars should have accelerometers and other smart technology. And David Coulthard filed fired back with something to the effect of like, "Yeah, and I wish F race cars had idiot-proof sensors on them, so then I could be a world champion." Yeah, Lucas Degrassi tweeted after what happened in the GT race in Macau, it is time to develop an automated driver warning system based on GPS and accelerometer of all the cars in the race. This could prevent or diminish the severity of such accidents. 
David Coulthard was like, let's also develop an idiot gauge, an early warning bad investment system, and get virtual life forms to live our perfect life. That way I could have been a champion. Quote from famous non-time world champion <laughs> no David Coulthard. <laughs> DC, yeah. why? Yeah, and and in fairness, you know, you know, after Macau, it's like, yeah, we kind of realized, hey, maybe, maybe this place with a permanent yellow flag zone <laughs> isn't the best place for rapidly increasing in speed GT3 cars to be driven at anger. Yeah, they're like they're like basically Group C prototypes now. Yeah, we talked about this last year when yeah, Marlborough had that awful accident at the Nürburgring. So, um, yeah, we've kind of been here before. Maybe not the best fit. But hey, I'm sure Lucas will play title spoiler again like he always does. And that's part of the fun of Formula E. And inevitable Twitter shit posting. Chat back next week for more of that as we get a better idea on how the grid's going to shake out. But yeah, Formula E, always a good laugh. Um, should be a fun times indeed for season four. Now, I want to take a big shout out to Matt Lindo, who tweeted me this this morning, and it's actually kind of intriguing. I said, this would be a great topic for your show, and I was like, yeah, quite right, actually. This does seem quite intriguing. Um, It is a current list of the updated super licenses, and like, basically, who would be eligible for an FIA super license as of right now? Um, the list here says driver points accumulated from the start of the 2014-15 Formula E season to the end of 2017 does not include former Formula 1 drivers for obvious reasons Um, so there's some interesting names on this I'll read read you out the full list here Um, at the top of the list which nobody was able to guess which thought was quite funny uh, when when I mentioned this in the pre-show is he German? yes he is what 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 does he drive? Um, LMP one. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Is it is it Andre? No, no. He's a he's technically a former Formula One driver. Is it nope. Rockenfeller? No, oh, no. Is it Arnd Mayer? No. Get him warmer. Slowly, very slowly. <sighs> oh, then I give up. It's wait. Answer was right in front of me all along. It's Timo Bernhard. Timo Bernhard with 76 super license points racked up in the last three years. Well, I was like, oh, okay. That one makes sense. Um, Timo Bernhard on the top of the list. Obviously, two-time WEC world champion, of course. WEC is eligible. Um, I think the title gets 40 points for that one, I think. Something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Timo Bernhard top of the pile. Charles Leclerc, of course. Um, the new Formula 2 champion 75 points of course carrying that uh, that GP3 title as well 75 for Charles Leclerc uh, last year's IndyCar champion Simon Pagino with 70 points um, Simon as... at the top of the IndyCar pile yes sir Mr. Consistency Simon he likes crepes Pagino in 70 <laughs> Um, yep, Scott Dixon, the twenty, the twenty fifteen IndyCar champion, in 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 there with sixty six points, as is Neil Yarny, um, from the WEC as well, also with sixty six. Um, my finger wagging friend uh, and yours, Oliver Rowland, um, who was annoyingly disqualified from Abu Dhabi's feature race in oh, Formula Two. Man, robbed of a race win for an illegally low skid block for god's sake didn't even mention it on the formula 2 re-air before the race on nbc didn't even mention it 
Yeah, Roland disqualified to start the sprint race from the back because of an illegally low skid block. He got the James Hinchcliffe treatment, everybody. Same thing happened to Charles Leclerc earlier this year in Spa. So, uh, same punishment, which uh, bumped up Artem Markov to the win. Again! <laughs> Second time this year, Markov's been the direct benefactor of someone been faster than him being disqualified. Of course. Um, Ode Roland there with 63 points. He's now eligible. Um, Lando Norris, the European Formula 3 champion with 62 points. Um, our, our boy, driver for hire, uh, Felix Rosenquist uh, with 60 points. He's got the longest series link of everyone out there, by the way. Formula E, Super Formula, and Carrera Cup Sweden. And that's just a sampler. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. just the sampler. Uh, that's our Felix. Driver for hire indeed. Living up to his name there. Sergei Sorokin has 60 points. Obviously Formula 2 and LMP2 in the WEC as well. Sam Bird. Um, the Bird is indeed the word. He has 58. Um, the Formula E and of course WEC LMGTE. Will Power has 58 points. Um, a couple of IndyCar runner-up series berths kind of help you out on that one. Ollie Jarvis with 56 points in LMP2. Luca Giotto, 54 points from Formula 2. Joseph Newgarden, the brand new IndyCar Series champion, has 54 points. He's now eligible. Um, also, shout out to Matt, who also tweeted me, also saying that, small mistake in my table, add Romain Dumas and Mark Liebe, who both have 50 points each. So, yeah, shout out to those two guys as well. Um, yeah, Maximilian Gunther, European Formula 3, 48 points. Nicolas Prost, Insert your own jokes here. Formula E, 44 points. Joel Eriksson, 43 points in European Formula 3. Conweezy, Mike Conway, fast 42 points from LMP1 and WeatherTech Sports Cars. As has Loic Duval, he has 42 points as well. Jose Maria Lopez from LMP1 and Formula E, 42. Um, Artem Markalov, my boy, Markalov, uh, everyone's favourite dressed Formula 2 driver with 42 points, and Earl Bamba rounds off the list with 40, so some fun names here, King. Yeah. I look forward to precisely none of them being in Formula <laughs> 1 next year. <laughs> Too many drivers, it's... not enough seats. The story of Formula 1 since, God, 2009 maybe? <laughs> But uh, there's some really fun names on that list there. So, again, big thanks to Matt for tweeting us that, by the way. Much appreciated, sir. Um, thanks very much for that. But, yeah, some very fun names on that list from all sorts of life in the motorsport series as well. Some 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 fun stuff there, indeed. And a little bit of IndyCar stuff to get for us all before we wrap up this, this week's show, King. Um, guess what? IndyCar still wants a third engine supplier. Yep, more the merrier. Please, anyone, anyone, anyone. Are they still are they still knocking on BMW's door regarding this? Uh, well, they never really knocked on BMW's door to begin with, but apparently Jay Fry, competition president of IndyCar, has ventured off to Europe to see if he could, you know, get some manufacturers interested in supplying IndyCar with engines. I like it. Hmm. Get someone with a bit of IndyCar history, like maybe, you know, Alfa Romeo has come up a couple times. You know, Porsche has some history in the sport. Yeah, just, you know, try to, like, quote, it. it's great to see, and you could tell 
we're we're meeting with the groups that that we're following and what we're doing on the arrow side with the universal arrow kit and that has stoked their interest in what what they can do on the engine side because that's the thing before the universal arrow kit pretty much you had to also not only develop an engine but develop an arrow kit for the Delara. now that they only have to develop an engine a lot more people are interested now oh i see that makes a lot of sense actually so yeah why not venture out into europe and see if anyone wants to wants to buddy up with the wagon we, like a third manufacturer would be really cool though like we, i'm a little bit bored of chevy basically kicking like honda to the curb but outside of outside of the 500 <laughs> and the other super speedways but uh that would be pretty cool you know just just a thought that would, that would be pretty neat like king any ideas uh, I think I'm with RJ. I really feel that it's probably going to be Alfa Romeo. Alfa? Yeah, a lot of people would like Ford, but it's looking like it's Alfa who are really activating their brand in the United States. And for good Neat! Reason, cars are gorgeous. Yeah, that their own cars are stunning, basically pornographic. Um, as a guy that has driven the Alfa 4C on Gran Turismo Sport more than any other car in the game... Yeah. Uh, um, oh, that's oh, that's not even the car I want the most. Like the four C, it's a good kids car, man. I, really <laughs> want that. I want the Julia. That's like that's like my, oh, yeah. I got my six figure executive job, and I have just become just a trudging trove of far right conservative like bullshit as I <laughs> as I. As I'm just soaking in money and don't want to just like pay any of my damn taxes. Yeah, like when I when I see an Alpha Julia, I see it tumbling down an Italian Italian like quarry while James Bond with like his one door Aston Martin drives off into the distance. That was like one of my favorite segments out of um, the Grand Tour this past season. Um, whew, that uh, that that Julia is a beautiful thing that is that looks like the car that a mafia boss would own um <laughs> no that, that a mafia boss underling would have as a company car <laughs> yeah yeah that's just that's, that's 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 the one for the boys in the back with the shotguns um uh, basically um it's it's you, you, know, you don't want to buy it right after the lutanza heist though because that, <laughs> that'll tip off the cops and then jimmy burke is going to want to have you executed yeah, and who, that's and who said we're not cultured on motorsports? <laughs> right, right. It reminds me a lot of that Top Gear segment back in the news when they first unveiled the Brera, and that was like, oh, they basically treated the Brera like it was a sex line. It was like, tell me about your Brera. Is it black with tan leather? Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was basically pornography. It was a beautiful thing. Alfa Romeo makes some stunning cars. Good lord. Um, yeah, that just about does it for this week's episode of Motorsport Wellness. It's a kind of a shorter one this week because there just wasn't that much to talk whoa, about really whoa, to be honest whoa. with you. Oh, wait a minute. We also King have at the last minute. IndyCar new- other IndyCar news where 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 Oh yes, I was mentioned Mexico City, didn't we? Yeah, My bad. Where, where it seems like IndyCar is hoping for a miracle to pull this deal together to have a race in Mexico City to replace the WEC round that won't be happening next year because of hashtag super season. Hashtag super season, yeah. And the promoters are worried because IndyCar isn't as popular as it used to be in Mexico and they were kind of hoping to have, you know, 
uh, a Mexican in the field to be a draw? Um, that's kind of a problem because, well, there's only really one Mexican eligible for this now, really, and that's most likely Esteban Gutierrez, and he's not exactly what you call confirmed for next year now, is he? There's like two open seats left, and one of them is part-time and road courses only. Yeah. Um, so, Dale Coyne, want to save the Mexico? Want to save the Mexico City race by giving Esteban the seat next year? He was okay in IndyCar, I guess, in his brief time there with them. Uh, Look at no? it this way: you will get lots of consistency, just tons and tons. Of 11th place finishes. Let's. Can't argue with that. I mean, though it can't be any worse than my goof up in the free show where I accidentally thought Carlos Munoz was Mexican for a second there. Someone who we've had on the show. <laughs> Shut <Motors> up. Distinguished <laughs> Motorsport 101 guest and North American Endurance Cup ringer of the stars, Carlos Munoz. My bad, yo. My bad. I thought it was Mexican. Of course he's Colombian. I'm an idiot. Um, I hold my hands up to this one. This one is probably going to be saved for the Motorsport 101 blooper reel next year. God damn it. Y'all, <laughs> I just thought of something. We could probably bring back the Tecate livery. Of oh, the, uh, I was wearing it. I was going to say bring back Carlos. And, 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 and we get we get the best thing out of it. Sylvester Stallone and Canelo no. Alvarez as co-investors. <laughs> yes. Coin racing. The yes. Yes. Esteban, be bold. Yes. 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 I'm here for it. Be bold. Bring back Esteban. Um, <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to interject with before I wrap this up? <laughs> no. No, we're done here. We're done. Here. We're good. We're good here. I we think, can get out of it. I think the concept of Sylvester Stallone as an IndyCar <laughs> team owner just brought back horrible flashbacks of Driven. Yeah, that's no! Yeah, yeah, that's where my mind went immediately. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to forget about that, RJ. For God's sake. You left the listeners with a leaving image of Driven. I, we, we've just lost like half our listenership for next week now. Thanks a bunch, RJ. <laughs> No, this we, is all your fault. We, we are try we are experimenting with a boutique audience for the oh winter God. months. He's he's gone full hipster, everybody. We're gonna talk about the fine cultural merit of the film driven in our inevitable movie right. coverage which didn't happen last year. <laughs> we gotta try that again this year, clearly. But um yeah, that will just about do it for this week's show. Tune in next week. For the season review of Formula One and the Motorsport 101 Award Show. Woo! And we have a special guest lined up for next week. Coming to you all the way from the from the confines of Bike Live, Lewis Sotheby will be joining the show, ladies and gentlemen. Oh! <laughs> yep, yes. ready for the impending Lewis Sotheby double turn. Yes! I'm He's ready gonna... to get betrayed. You're ready to get betrayed. <laughs> I'm ready for him to nominate Jonathan Ray for every category. So, if you guys want any fancy award categories on the show, or any fancy nominations, why don't you tweet us at Motorsport101, or you can tweet me at Harrison101HD. Is and Jonathan I'm... Ray eligible for a Heisman vote? 
Hmm. <laughs> oh my god. I'm doing the pose right now as we speak. It's great. He's won everything else this year. He might as well, right? All in for Johnny Ray for sports personality. Let's go. <laughs> That'll just about do it for this week's show. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, basically, you can catch us one more time. We're on YouTube.com and Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And our personal Twitter is at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, and at RJ O'Connell. Um, if you really, really like us, of course, you can back us on Patreon, at patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. And of course, all those details can be found on our website at Motorsport101.net. Don't forget, $5 Ready Access gets you early access to both this show and Bike Live and our big MotoGP season review this weekend. It's going to be great. Um, so, until next week, I've been Andre Harrison, they've been Ryan King and RJ O'Connell, and until next time, thanks for listening, and sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye! Like I'm not you are